My name is Tim Story. Do you know that when you dream bigger, you can actually give bigger? And when you dream bigger, give bigger, you'll do bigger things for other people. Welcome to the Go Big to Get Big podcast, where we are challenging six-figure earners to become seven-figure givers. My name is Randy Mullen, and each week, my co-host Steve Arneson and I are interviewing successful entrepreneurs, professional athletes, philanthropists, and other high-performing humans that are inspiring us with their stories. We go deep into uncovering how they have become successful and why generosity is an impact they want to leave on this world. Our mission is to have you leave this podcast wanting to go bigger with your dreams and goals so that you can give bigger with your profits. Let's not waste any more time and jump right into it. All right, today we have a special guest and someone who has had a huge impact on Steve and I's lives, the one and only Tim Story. If you don't know Tim Story, first, I would challenge you to get out a little bit because this man speaks at every conference out there. He's one of the most all-time best speakers, but he's also well-known for being a life coach to some big names that you may have heard of before, like Robert Downey Jr. and Oprah Winfrey. He is also a phenomenal entrepreneur, hangs out with some of the top celebrities that you could ever think of, and is also incredibly generous with his time and his wealth, as you'll hear near the end of this podcast. This episode is full of incredible takeaways, and you'll even hear Tim give some life coaching advice on how to think better with your intuition than with your brain. We also asked him about what he thinks the future for businesses that give back hold and you'll be surprised by the answer that he gives and the people that he was talking to about it. This is one of my favorite episodes, and we hope you enjoy listening to this incredible episode with the legendary Tim Story. Tim, welcome to the show. Good to see you guys. I love that I have two hosts today. That's exciting. It's going to be a double of fun. Steve and I have had the privilege of hearing you speak many times, being in Cole's mastermind and just being a part of the entrepreneurial space. And there hasn't been a time that we've left hearing you speak where we haven't just felt that you've spoken to our soul and ignited us. And we're excited to have that happen for our audience today as they start hearing your story and what's going on. But we're going to skip some of the backstory. So if you haven't heard of Tim before, Go check out his content. It's everywhere. It's incredible. The man's story is super influential. He's got a lot of books out there and you can find most of the stuff at timstory.com. It's very easy. I've been there and checked out his website. But Tim, the first thing I want to jump into today and chat about was you've worked with some of the biggest names in the world. You're good friends with Oprah. You speak to all different kinds of high-end conferences and people. I was just curious when you realized you had a gift that was going to allow you to become influential and what inspired you to think bigger and continue to go bigger to be around that kind of influence that you've created. There's a thought that I have that I teach around different conferences that it's important to work your land. So your land is what's in front of you. And that actually comes from like a proverb in the Bible. And it says, he who works his land shall have abundance. So to me, I feel like I was just always working my land. Like, seventh grade, you're working your land, you're doing your homework. Dishwasher at 15 and a half, I was working my land. So to work your land means to plow the ground, plant the right seed, water the seed, which is repetition, then you reap the harvest. So it's an interesting story that I never looked to be grand or never knew I'd have such a big platform. 
I was just working my land. And that's how I live every day, even today. That's beautiful. I know growing up, your mom always said that you weren't lower income, but you, you were lower income, but you weren't lower class. And you share about the stories of washing dishes and your sisters mowing lawns and stuff like that, and how that instilled a lot of respect for you guys growing up. How are you using that today to continue to grow as Tim's story? I think that like my mother, she was not very educated in school, but she's super smart. Like she only went to sixth grade. She's Spanish. She has broken English to this day. Spanish is her first language, but she really taught us don't do anything halfway. Like even like on today, getting on the podcast, I was early. If you guys meet with me for lunch, you'll see I will be early. I did a big meeting yesterday with some businessmen. I was there 30 minutes early. I was talking to Jesse Itzler yesterday. I was early. It's just the way I do life. So I never felt like, ooh, now I've arrived. I still continue to have that work ethic about working your land. So I'm still like little Timmy the dishwasher in my mind. My first mentor told me if I'm not five minutes early, I'm already late. And I think that is a skill that not as many people have as they should today. But in your book, The Miracle Mentality, which is a phenomenal read, by the way, thank you very much for sharing that with us all. And if you haven't read it, by all means, please go pick it up, other hard copy or audible. But you mentioned that you took a quest of self-awareness and that you knew that it might take a few years, but at the end of it, that you'd have a new identity with a foundation of truth for yourself. How does an experience like that set us all up for future success? Yeah, great question. And thank you the way you layered that. I feel that we have the promise of this life that we think we should live because I feel that our dream was given to us even while we were in our mother's womb and that what we were supposed to do is inside of us. So you have that vision or that sight to it, okay? But then what has to happen is the unfolding of it. And I think that's where people miss it is they're not patient in the unfolding. Mm. So that's why I like to mention about being a dishwasher. But I did, I was a dishwasher for almost two years. But then I graduated to like being a busboy. So how does a guy go from being a dishwasher, busboy, to life coaching the biggest celebrities in the world. I have over 300 that I life coach. I can't manipulate that life. I can't make enough contacts. I can't show up to enough premieres. I just believe that was the life that was intended for me, but I had to have the sight of it, but I also had to let that thing unfold, but at the same time, work my land. Through that journey, was there like a, light bulb moment of a gift that you recognize within yourself that you then decided to lean further into that helped yes. you create who you are today? Yeah. But I think it, again, Oprah Winfrey says this about me. She says that you're a master at making all of us look for the little miracles. Mm. So the little miracle was in sports, I was the captain of every team I've been a part of. So I played baseball, basketball, and football. But there was always players that were slightly better than me. In most teams, there was one or two players that were better, but I was always captain. So when this kept happening to me, 
I thought, okay, there's a reason for this. I must have this leadership quality, even though that guy's a better player than me, they keep choosing me to be captain. So that's, I think, part of my life. If it was like this little like ding that life touched me with is this gifting to lead, even though I'm not necessarily the best. It's beautiful. We've, we've been born and raised from the sport as well, and often been captains of our team and we're strong believers in, in sport and youth for sure. What do you think is actually one of the most important characteristics of a good leader in entrepreneurship today? Uh, listening. I'm an excellent listener. Listening made me friends with Lee Iacocca for 27 years. Listening has made me close to Quincy Jones for about 30 years. Listening has made me close to Stevie Wonder for about 30 years. And the reason I say that, that's what they all say to me. They say, you are a phenomenal listener. Where I think a lot of young people, they want to talk over wisdom. Somebody wise is talking and many young people, they want to talk over it to show, hey, I'm wise too. I got tricks, but I was always listening and I still do. So as a leader, one of my strengths is I listen, even in deal making, which I'm pretty hard to beat in deals, is that I learn from the best. Let somebody else spill all their stuff, put all their stuff on the table, keep listening, and then you can negotiate from a better perspective. And that's such a good tactic. And as a leader, that's something that I think a lot of people distinguishes. Leadership doesn't mean that you're the loudest person in the room. It means that you're able to lead the people in the room. And that includes listening. No doubt about it. Let me just say that because I think in in the 80s and when people started getting into the art of the deal by President Trump and all that, there were some good facts in there. But this idea of leadership, you're the strong one, you're the bold one, let them feel you, is not really what the younger generation is about. And I've seen some of the biggest deals in the world go down. I've literally been in the room with Kanye West, where it was just me, Kanye, and the people that were pitching him, and watched how he would just like lower his voice, just be quiet, and yet make this gigantic deal. So it's not always in being strong. Sometimes it's being a good listener. And I think you can get a lot farther that way. That's how I see it. Couldn't agree more. Something I've heard you speak quite a bit on is just helping people from being on the grind and waking up at 5 a.m., taking that photo saying, hey, look at me work. But then they go and play on social media for two hours where you actually talk a lot about you are doing the grind. And you talk about people like Steve Harvey who have just grinded along the way. What's the difference between the two and how can people actually stay on the grind instead of just being on the grind in an influential space? But see, I don't blame these people that are like, I beat the sun up because they don't know any better. So that's what they've been taught. Okay, beat the sun up, be on your grind, pound your chest, jump up and down. But to me, you guys know this, I believe in not chasing anything. I don't chase, I cooperate. So there's a big difference. So you'll never feel a chase in Tim's story. We're running all these companies. We have all these projects going. I have five new entertainment projects going. I have deals with Oprah, I have deals with this or that or this or that, but look how chill I am. And one guy said, his Tim story's got cool jazz playing in his head. 
But do I work super hard? Yeah, but I do it in those moments. But at the same time, I want to enjoy where I am on the way to where I'm going. So I'm super into being in the moment. And uh, yeah, so I, I think it's on the on your grind. I don't blame people for being that way, but there there is a different way to to work. There really is, and be more efficient. That's a great way to explain it, and something I think a lot of people, like you said, in leadership, can learn from at this stage in the game. And when we're talking about learning at this stage in the game, and you've worked with some of the most influential people in the world, you've seen how a lot of people think and how they think differently. What do you think it is that separates people that are achieving and going bigger with a lot of their dreams goals versus the people that are just talking a lot about it? What separates the doers from the action takers? I think one is a revelation of, wow, I might be onto something. So let's say in talking to Vidal Sassoon, when he would say to me that all I had in my hand was scissors. So if you think about this guy, he created about a billion dollar empire with scissors in his hands. Think about it. Okay, so let's say he was in the UK at that time. Let's say if scissors cost $20, $20. with $20 scissors, he created a billion dollar empire. I think that's dope. <laughs> or let's say, let's say Justin Bieber, like knowing that he was different, but it took Usher to really help escalate him and Scooter Braun to take him to the next level. So I think one is the revelation and then two is divine contacts. Like I'm a different kind of guy. I don't want to know everybody. Like I'm cool with everybody. And you guys know that about me. Like I'm really nice to people. When I walk around places, I'm nice to people, no matter what their job is, but I don't want to know everybody. I want to know the right people deeply that are supposed to be part of my life. And so I think that you have to have a revelation, but you have to have divine contacts. Just a side note, Tim, every time I hear your laugh, my friend, it just fills me with joy. You have the best <laughs> laugh in the entire world. Yeah. But, and thank you because it's coming from my core. Like I have real joy and it's not a, it's not a joy that's manufactured or I went to a seminar to get it. <laughs> it's like deep inside me and in the midst of conflict, I just, I have joy, but I got to get my secret because I'm a God guy. So the Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. So I walk in the strength of God and that has changed my life. Yeah. Thank you. I think a lot of people, at least in, in my current circle, are facing a really strong wall of burnout from dealing with the pandemic, the life circumstances that could have taken place, business circumstances that certainly took place. Uh, is there something that people facing burnout right now, like how do you get out of that? Yeah, you got to rest. You got to take a time out. So I was dealing with a friend of mine like two days ago who does well. And I said, you need to take two days and just shut everything down. He has a wife. And I said, tell your wife where you're at, that you're just like grieving over things and just shut down. And even if you have to just get off all social media for two days, don't return calls for two days. And he's now done it. 
for a day and a half and got back to me this morning and just said, oh my God, my mind's so clear. So even in a great play, they have an intermission. So you have to become a master of the intermission. Uh, otherwise, you just stay on the battleground at all times. And now you're battle fatigued. So you got to do the intermission. I'm all about the intermission. So where I am right now is like this resort. So in between, I had 40 minutes before getting on with you guys. I was out there putting. They have a putting green. So nice. in the midst of all the like fancy stuff I do, I was out there putting because that was like a quick little intermission. We got to have those, no doubt. I've heard you, I've heard many people call or mention that you untie people's knots. Yeah. Is there a common knot in like high achieving entrepreneurs that we just need to recognize and work on earlier in our journeys? So to me, a, a knot would be a difficulty or a, a challenge or a struggle. And I get that idea of, let's say when you're a kid and you have tennis shoes and you're in a hurry and you tie your shoes wrong and now you have a knot. And so there's different ways to get that knot out. You got to be very patient with it. Or I know guys that would just get scissors and just cut the damn shoelace off so they didn't have to deal with the knot. And I think that's what a lot of people do. Instead of dealing with the challenges of a relationship to just cut the shoelaces off are dealing with the challenges of their own life. They'll get into addictions. That's like cutting off the shoelace. So I think that we all have knots in different parts of our life, whether it be mental health, the physical body, the spiritual, the family, the job. What I find with the entrepreneurs that I life coach, because I, I life coach some of the greatest minds in the world. I life coach people right now from 30 different countries. I've been to 77 but I life coach people from 30 different countries who play up here. And I find that one of the biggest knots to answer your question has to do with them being overworked and overspent. Dude, they're just out there like way too much. Yeah. Such a good one. And something a lot of people struggle with. One of the things that I personally struggle with that I know a lot of entrepreneurs have when we're speaking about untying knots and helping people between their gut and their head, sometimes a very hard distinction. And I guess the one I want to ask you is just how should people go about trusting their gut and trusting the universe is going to provide them what their gut says versus being logical and actually writing out a plan and following it to a T? Okay. Great question. You can only trust your gut is if you have a healthy gut. So I have a friend named Ben Greenfield, and he talks a lot about the gut, G-U-T. A lot of people have something called leaky gut. They don't even know they have it. Leaky gut causes brain fog. Leaky gut could cause you to not even know you're at Target. You think you're at Walmart. <laughs> So people that say, go with your gut, I say, hell no. Not if your gut is not clean. So if you're filling your gut with animosity and pride and over-ego and jealousy, please don't trust your gut. Please, I beg you. You end up in the wrong location. So you have to clean your gut out. It's good teaching, right? Yeah. 
And then you need to renew your mind. So every day for an hour, every morning, I renew my mind. So whether I'm reading a book by Jordan Peterson, or I'm listening to the Bible on tape, or I'm listening to a podcast from my boy, Lewis House, or now I'll listen to you guys now. I'm renewing my mind because then I get into what my friend Edward Papke says, who's the best in alignment in the world. Now I have alignment. I need alignment between my gut and my mind. Then I'm unstoppable. Literally. When this and this is flowing, zoom. There we go. That's beautiful, Tim. I've been cursed the other way of Randy, all mind and just less gut. (laughs) So I think that's why we make such a great team. But this podcast, we are go big to give big. Yeah. And I see, I don't see giving a lot. Why do you think that is? Why do you think more people don't give? I got to go after your mindset for a second though. And then I'll get to the question. So if I was life coaching you, I need you to have that mind that takes you to these places, right? I'm talking about your life. But I also think that you should experiment with being more intuitive. Like in in football, Tom Brady could go to the line of scrimmage, okay? So now I'm behind center. And he'll see the defense and he'll call what's called an audible. He's changing the play midstream. So for you to get to the next level, I'm telling you, as an older guy than you and a guy who coaches the best freaking minds in the world who are brainiacs, I teach him the same. You got to work from here and you got to work from here. So do me a favor. Start working on that side. Hey, man. Thank you very much. Be intuitive. Take chances. Call an audible. Roger that. Heard. That's good stuff, right? So grateful. Okay. Because Steven Spielberg says that when the jaw, the mechanical shark shut down, his analytical mind said, movie's over. This movie is a wash. We can't get the damn mechanical shark to work. It's deep stuff. So his analytical mind was about to shut down one of the greatest movies of all time. Mm -hmm. Oh, he went to his intuition and they started to shoot around the shark, even though it was a movie about sharks. Uh, Tim's story is dropping bombs today, guys. Come on. Always. All right. Ask me the question again. I was just wondering why you think it is that more people don't give more. Again, I don't blame them. I think that when somebody has a scarcity mindset, they are thinking like, ooh, I got to just keep adding adding, and, and adding and adding. So it's really about scarcity versus abundance. So what I have to do with someone who has a scarcity mindset is try to get them into a different mentality, what I call the miracle mentality, where you start to think about things in the area of abundance, extraordinary, uncommon, not normal. So if you start to see that, hey, I have abundance of joy, I have abundance of peace, I have a good abundance of faith, then you wanna give those things away 
because you're not afraid that you're going to lose them because there's a river just bringing in more. So I'm a conduit of more. I'm a person who gives a lot. I give my time. I give my energy. I give a lot of money. And it's not by accident that people give back to me because you do reap what you sow. I love that. I'm a conduit of more. I'm going to add that into some of my, my own personal work, but just uno mas here, por favor. You've been known as the voice of inspiration for our generation, which is monumental and I can completely agree. But what do you think that we as communities, I'll say, need to do more of today so that future generations can prosper? I think that it's about each one reach one. Like Mother Teresa, what she did with the orphans, that was like one at a time to start with. And then it just began to grow organically. And then now, even though she passed, she's helped tens of thousands of orphans around the world. That's one nun who is just like a lady with a scarf. And think about that. When you really think about it, it wasn't like she would be on the speaking tour today with all the powerful speakers. She was like a quiet nun. It's pretty deep. So I think it's about each one. I have a therapist just so I never go crazy. In fact, at times I've had two in case one was off. (laughs) That's really a true story. I'm like, if that guy's off, I got another one. (laughs) But this one therapist, Andy Harold, who's now in heaven, he said, my son, had told me when I started being your doctor that, wow, do you realize who you're working with, dad? And he said, I told my son, it must be a different guy than maybe the guy on the stage. I know the really nice guy who just listens to people and always asks me how I'm doing. So I think it's, I think true impact, true influence, truly being a world shaker is each one reach one. That's what I'm about. That's incredible. Love, love everything you just shared there. And I want to dive a little bit into Tim's stories giving right now. Uh, It's obviously we're in a state in the world where giving is starting to take more prominence and more businesses are sharing publicly what they're doing. And we don't need to go personally. Everyone, I think personally gives, but there's the public giving through our businesses and other things we're doing. What's Tim's story putting his attention to these days on the side of giving? Is there a charity that you like? Is there a movement that you're into? Is there something that you're inspired by? Yeah. So the giving to me is some people give out of your surplus, which is, Ooh, I have a lot. And so therefore I'm going to give to this cause and that's good. And some people give out of their sacrifice, which is, I don't really have that much, but I'm going to give sacrificially. Most of my giving was before I had a lot. And so when I was a young speaker, I started speaking around the world at age 20. My mother used to tease. I just hope he comes back with some clothes because I, I was feeling sorry for people. I give them my, my, my jacket. A big thing that with me, people like to give me watches, like super expensive ones. Grant Cardone gave me like a very expensive watch not so long ago. But a lot of people have got given me many. I won't name drop the names of the watches but a lot of watches, but I'm also known as giving very expensive watches away just because I just care about people. But most, most again, it's been from my sacrifice, not my surplus. So where I'm sacrificing and the surplus right now is in the space of prison reform. I'm really into that. That started with Robert Downey Jr. coming to me 
and saying, hey, let's get a few of us together and we're going to go help people in prison reform. So I've been at that for years. I love doing that. I'm really into the elderly and helping the elderly so they're not abused when they get older. So that's with Kate Kasem's daughter, Carrie Kasem, and it's called Kasem Cares Foundation. And that's number two. Another big thing I'm involved in is mental health. I work now with the Major League Baseball and also with the NFL in the area of mental health. And now I'm in the gaming community in the area of mental health with a group called Xset. I'm the first life coach in the whole gaming community, which I think is real dope. So I'm enjoying that. Yeah. What a cool space to enter that probably doesn't have as much attention that you're going to give to it in that space. I'm curious, what are you seeing on a mental game, the difference between the helping the MLB stars as well as the online gaming versus the elderly? Is it a common theme that you're taking to all of those or is it all personalized for each individual one? Amazing question. It's personalized. I think the challenges could be similar, which is I feel overwhelmed or I do not feel equipped to handle all the dimensions of my life, okay? But where it makes it very personal is that we're all built so different. Like where one guy may get overwhelmed because his parents got divorced, the other guy may just say, I've heard him fighting for five years. Maybe that's what's best. It's very personalized. And I think that's where listening really comes in. So I don't just, I always have like tons of notes, like for every occasion. So I don't just come in with a lot of notes and try to talk to a guy from Major League Baseball the same way I talk to a famous rapper. They're just coming from different places. Makes a lot of sense. The final question I have for you on the giving side here is, as we are watching more and more businesses come up with some sort of giving component to them, you can think Tom Shoes or Ten Tree Clothing. Is that a space where you think is going to become more dominant now that businesses and brands publicly should be attaching themselves to charity or organizations? Yes. And I, again, I think we're being pressured by younger people. I was speaking at an all boys school in Connecticut and I won't name the name, but it's a top two in the nation. The kids come from Dubai, Singapore, London. It's like the who's who kids. And I was asked by somebody you guys would know to go speak there. And so I spoke to the main group and then they had me do like these smaller groups of a group of 100, 50, and then 10. And as I was talking to these 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 year old younger guys, okay, what they were saying was mind boggling. This one kid from Asia said, I don't want to be anything like my parents. They're so wealthy. We have three jets. We have everything that money can buy, but they don't have a soul. He actually said that about his own parents. And he said, I'm in to giving. I'm in to helping. I'm in to changing. This was not even a religious school. I thought that was so dope. And that was a sentiment of these young people. They were like kind of, hey, old people over 30, get out of our way so we could heal the world. So I'm loving this. I'm loving this. And I think that what I get to bring is because I'm still like a boy man 
that even though I'm a stage of life where I'm very much a man and a leader, but there's a lot of boy in me, I think that I'm a nice bridge to this young generation to hear them out, but also help them show the way. I think too, to add on to that, if I may be so bold, is to say that you're very entertaining. And I think that's also important in lots of different lines of work, but like chatting with you, watching you preach and speak on stages, church, yeah. like it's not just something for the soul, but it's exciting as well. And a lot of times it does speak to, I think probably to all generations. But- Can I tell you something though, as a friend, I really am not trying to be entertaining. <laughs> I just, I turned out entertaining. Like I remember we were doing this 10X conference with my friend Grant Cardone. So there was like one big speaker had already spoke. He always has one after another. So I'm the only guy that's done it every year, but one. I've done like six out of seven, I think. And before I was about to get up there, there was about 13,700 people. And the, one of the speakers kept saying like, Tim, they said you're on in 10 minutes. I said, okay. I was playing with this guy's two kids. And then the person that had mic'd me up said, Tim, they're doing your promo, your intro video. You're about to go out. And I was still playing with the kids. Because to me, I don't have to work myself up <laughs> to get in place. I'm not cramming for a test because I put in, for every 30-minute speech, I put in at least 10 hours to study it. So it just comes out of my port. So when I get the mic in my hand or the lapels flying from here, I just go into some mode. But I promise you, there's never been one time I thought, tonight, I'm going to be entertaining. <laughs> That preparation sets you apart as well, but we're going to transition a little bit. We got one more little giving rapid fire round that we want to jump into, but before we, and we dive into that last final round, I want to give you an opportunity to, to brag on yourself a little bit and to share about a time, one of your favorite moments of giving, maybe that still, when you think about it today, gives you goosebumps. Okay. But it's not going to be like grand, like I gave away a building doesn't have and to be grand, but something that means something to you. Yeah. And, and I have done those things. But to me is there was this kid uh, at this church. And I noticed that he had these really big glasses that were really thick. And so his mother tapped me and she said, can my son meet you? He's like a big fan of yours. So I turned around and I, uh, Found out later, he's nine. He's got the big glasses, the thick ones that we use called Coke bottle glasses, but they weren't like cool glasses. After the church meeting, I asked the mother, I said, why don't you and your son come to the back? So they came to the back and found out she was a single mother. That was her only child, the son. And so I just started dialoguing with the son. And I said to, I whispered to him, I go, do you like those glasses? And he goes, no, he goes, they're just, they just don't fit good on my face. I go, do you like my style? And he goes, yeah, yeah. That's one thing I like about you. Remember he was nine. And I said, I'm going to try to work something out. So I'm always having to be proper. So I said, how would it be if like your mother, you, and a lady from my staff, if you met me at this mall, because I found out they live not too far from me, like 30 minutes away. I said, I want to take you to get new glasses just because I like you. 
And I found this kid, the coolest glasses. And his mother told me for three years, he was riding on a high. But I'm going to tell you now, I didn't do it once. I did it three times. Wow. So every other year, I transitioned his glasses. <laughs> what a fun story. And I love moments like that. That's writing the big checks and making the big things it's it does good for the world, but it's moments like that that you cherish that you can just see you light up when you think about that kid in those glasses. Those are memories that last you forever. And that's why we love asking our guests that question because 90% of the time it's a simple, it has nothing to do with money, has nothing to do with a big donation. It has to do with just a moment of impact that influenced their lives. So that's yeah. incredible. I would love to jump into our giving round, which is just a few rapid fire questions for you. Simple, easy. And just as quick as answers as you can give. You ready? I'm ready. Brag on one charity that you like right now. ARC, turning people around that have been incarcerated. What gets you more excited? Donating a million dollar check or physically helping other people for a week? Physically helping other people because I can impact them in a way that can change millions of people. Jesus took 12. Just give me a few. Yeah. Beautiful. Who inspires you with their giving? Uh, I'm going to throw out our friend, Cole Hatter. I think Cole's dope to hang out with Eric Thomas and all these other people. I was with him recently with Jim Quick and Jesse Itzler and E.T. And just to see how Cole does a lot of things behind the scenes just to help people, even from my culture. I really love Cole. Love you, Cole. We'll ditto that, too. Do you think that entrepreneurs should start giving from the very beginning of their business or after they've seen a little bit of success and have some stability, maybe some money in the bank? I think you should give when you get the proper revelation. And Hmm. uh, otherwise, I think that somebody sometimes can give out of the wrong motive and feel like so great that they dropped us $5. So I think that we have to get out of ourselves and realize that there's more to life than what's going on with us and somebody's hurting worse than us. And hopefully that happens sooner than later. Hopefully that happens in the beginning of your business, but it happens in your middle, then fine. But try to get that revelation today. Somebody's hurting worse than you. Beautiful. What do you think of when you hear of go big to give big? I think that to me, go big to give big is not just a place. It's not just go to a destination. When I go to big places in my mind and I go to big places in my heart, then it makes me want to respond and it makes me want to get bigger. So it's not just a destination of now I have a $50 or $50 million airplane and I have all this and now I've gone big and I can get big. No, man, it's about expanding your mind and expanding your heart and then out of that is a great reaction. Of that. In one word, what is your favorite feeling you get when you give? I would say honor. Hmm. I'm honoring somebody. Yeah. I'm honoring the nine-year-old kid that you're more than the goofy kid with thick glasses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm honoring somebody. Beautiful. And the final question to wrap up, we ask all of our guests and a question I'm sure you've heard before. And we would love to ask you, do you believe that money can buy you happiness? 
I, I, I'm going to do a different thing than most guys will say, because a lot of people will quickly just say no. But money gained in the right perspective with the right mindset gives you leverage. And you don't know that until you don't have it. So I'm from lower income, Compton, California, can't even afford Converse tennis shoes. The fact that I have a lot of money, I will admit, I like it. I like it. So it gives me leverage. If my tooth hurt, I could find a really good dentist. (laughs) (laughs) That's absolute truth. And I love that you took a second to to share that with us and share your answer. And Tim, it's been an absolute pleasure having you come on and bless us with your presence and give our audience the grace of hearing you. How can they hear more of you? What are you sharing right now? Where do you want people to go when they listen to this? Yeah, I'm excited about my new show that's in airports. So Reach TV, that's quite large. They're connected to even NBC. I'm in 90 airports around the world right now with these five-minute inspirational clips. I'm doing the first airport talk show in the history of talk shows. So I have amazing guests, some of the greatest minds in the world, and the show is released in July. Super excited about that because a lot of your friends and people we follow are taking pictures on a daily basis going, I'm in Toronto. I just saw you. I'm in Dallas. So I think that's super cool. A lot of cool projects, but I'm excited about that. And you could find out what we're up to. Just as you said, timstory.com. Beautiful. Thank you again so much for joining us. And we really appreciate it. And then we appreciate you inspiring us to go bigger with our dreams and goals so we can give bigger with our profits. Thank you for listening to the show. If you know someone who's an example of Go Big to Get Big, we would love if you could share this with them. We want to get our message out to as many listeners as we can, and it all starts by having people like you share it with your friends. Also, if you enjoyed the show, take 30 seconds and give us a five-star review. It's a simple act of giving that is free for you, helps us grow our message, and in return, allows others to find us sooner. And until the next episode, remember, Always go bigger with your dreams and goals so you can give bigger with your profit.